it's Deborah Gibson, and you're listening to Stuck in the 80s. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's good. I don't know why. I just thought that was very 80s, me ad lib. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? It's Steve Spears, your host with TampaBay.com. And because I can't shake his love, my co-host, Sean Daly. So cheesy. When do you think those things up? Like five minutes before? Or do you like like the night before a show? Do you like, yes! That's I, a wake, great I wake up out of my Big Mac sweat. <laughs> I kick the uh, discarded fast food cartons out of my sheets. And I scribble it on a you, piece of paper. A, a wrapper, a filet of fish wrapper. Yeah, exactly. Double uh, filet of fish. You know, you and I are very, we're tired, we're spent, we're sweaty. But we're very, we're very happy right now because we had a very special guest with us today. Who was that? The pop princess herself, Deborah Gibson. I called her Gibson. That's Gibson. Exactly Gibson. Like I'm on his football team. Gibson. She liked that a lot, I could tell. I was going to call her Gibby, but I thought that would push it. Yes, we had Deborah Gibson here in, live, in-house, in the Stuck in the 80s studios. Uh, and uh, she was here for about an hour. Easily. And I can honestly say I've never seen my colleagues, and these are some serious journalists, buzzing around this studio, weaseling in to meet, uh, to meet Gibson. And uh, it, it was amazing. And she looked absolutely fantastic, didn't she? There was that moment when you and I were going downstairs to meet her. And I came over and I got Sean. I'm like, she's here. She's walking in the lobby right now. So we go to the elevator and we can look down, four floors down to the, to the lobby floor, and we see her. And, Sean's, and the, Sean goes, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and there she was. And we, we, we pop out. We go down there. We, and we, we bring She's her, incandescent. That's the only word for it. We talk about this. I mean, it's a very, it's, the interview was really about 45 minutes long. We trimmed um, it down a little we bit. We trimmed it down a little bit. It's, it's great. Uh, but she talks about how she's never had a sip of alcohol, never had a drug, Never smoked a cigarette. I did all three things on the way to work this morning. Uh, and um, she looks great. And at one point, she's like, look at my skin. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> well, what's she wearing? She was wearing like a halter top. Oh, Lord. Oh, it's... God. I don't even want to think about it Deborah Gibson is so damn hot. Anyway, but she's very smart. She sings a lot. She talks about – it's a great, hilarious moment when she talks about posing for Playboy. And she just works spears over the coals, toying with you like a little mouse. When she reached down and started rubbing my knee. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> that, that was her, right? It wasn't you. Because yeah. if it was, we have to have a talk. Uh, and she's here to promote a lot of stuff. It's a great, great interview. It was a great moment and stuck in the 80s. Um, you want to set it up anyway else? How else can you say it? You've hit every support. Let's kick into it. It's great. And there's a video component, too. So check our website as well. You can see it, uh, the whole video. Uh, here you go. Uh, Deborah Gibson. Okay, well, we're here with Deborah Gibson. Deborah, uh, you have the honor of being the very first person to ever appear in the Stuck in the 80s lair. 
us. I'm the guinea pig. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, we've, uh, we, we've interviewed all sorts of famous yeah, people. You're the first famous person dumb enough to come into this right, creepy studio. Uh-huh. I always joke that I'm either the pioneer or the guinea pig, however you want to Tell the people it. how lush our, our studio environs are here. It's very. In fact, the fluorescent lighting is just... Well, today really we had, warm and because you're here, the entire paper is in a tizzy. The entire Sydney Times is in a tizzy. We had I got uh, emails. My phone's ringing off. Like everybody wants to meet you because they love you and they had major crushes on you and they still do. That's so uh, nice. So we're taping this. We also have uh, giant lights, camera lights in here. <laughs> Either Steve or I or both will will stroke out at some point. Am I beating up I'll already? I'll just carry on without you when Steve you guys pass out. Steve wore a light green shirt that will be uh, sweat stained really soon, but it's good. This is good <laughs> uh, solid right journalism. Thing, I know. Yes. Well, you're incredibly fit. You're Why, incredibly thank fit you. and in good shape. You look thank great. You. I, you do look really good. You, thank I think you. you're my age. You're 38? 37. Don't rush Th- me. 37? Yes. Gibson's younger than I am. So that's how it should be, though. That's Gibson. exactly how it should be. Like I'm on his football team. Gibson. Gibson's younger than <laughs> well, me. Well, here's the deal, because it's impossible for me to not say Debbie, even though you're Deborah now. You're giving I me the look. You're giving always, me the eyes I'll already. tell you why. Let me, just, let me just explain this, get this out of the way. Um, everybody in my real life, my family and friends, for the first 16 years of my life called me Deb or Deborah. The really? record company came along, and they were like, we want to call you... Penelope, I don't know. They came up with, they made up names, not really Penelope, but they made up, like, they made up names. They wanted to go with Debbie G. I'm like, why? Because you have Stacey Q and all those. I'm like, because you want me to be a one-hit wonder dance artist? No, I don't want that. (laughs) Uh, Go with just Deborah. I'm like, no, there's Madonna, there's Sade, there's, no, I don't want to do that. So by the time they came back around to Debbie Gibson, I was like, fine, I'll take it, even though that's still not my name. Like, what's wrong with Deborah Gibson? That's my name. Um, but I understood that it was catchy and younger sounding and all of that. But honestly, the first time I ever shook somebody's hand and introduced myself to them as Debbie was after the record was out. So all of my friends and family were like, who's this Debbie chick? So I eventually went back to Deborah just because Debbie never felt like my name. So... And no one calls you that now. No one in my real life. Dumbass uh, like if, journalist. Like if anyone ever called, it was a good thing. Like uh, growing up when when the success started happening and people started getting our home number and all that. They, if somebody called the house asking for Debbie, my sisters and my parents knew we didn't know them because nobody I knew ever would have called me that. See oh, that? Wow, that's good. So that's if a you want to be like a total stranger to me, call me Debbie. That's but if I want to get, everybody. but if I want to be really you close feel with you, like part of the family, intimate, call me Deb or Deborah. Deb Easy or now. Deborah. <laughs> imagine, imagine what it's been like having the last name Spears for the last ten years, and the phone oh, calls I get God. at home. What's the over under on how many times people ask me if I have my sister's Brittany? Uh, oh, three baby, times a day. Baby, how was I supposed to know? Uh, something wasn't right. It's my favorite impersonation. Wow. Of you, oh my that's god! That's, All a, right, well, that's a three All cigarette. Right, fine. I've been I've been singing her shows off stage all these years. Now the truth comes out. That would be the greatest story in the history of I stories know. if you were the real voice of Britney Spears. Wouldn't that be funny. That's an incredible impression. Thank you. That's quite good. The, um, I, I, I want to ask all about the Britney stuff, which I'm sure you get all the time, but my questions are going to be brilliant and a lot and different, different than the. <laughs> different. But first of all, let's talk about some of the stuff you're doing. Yes. Let's talk about why you're in town. You're staying in Orlando, and uh, there's three things that you're hyping these days. You have Camp Elect- Electric Youth. Yep. Which is a performance arts camp, yep. and you're here down here to do auditions for people. Well, I'm not doing auditions, actually. I'm, I'm just promoting it because this is such an entertainment 
community. Like, there's certain places around the country that I've visited. I mean, there's like Chicago, Minneapolis, there's North Carolina, there's here that are very arts oriented. Orlando, obviously, you have like all of the boy bands that came out of there. In fact, um, spoke to Joey Fatone's family yesterday, and they're going to do a scholarship through their foundation oh, cool. for an underprivileged kid to come to my camp in LA. Um, so I just, I'm kind of traveling, getting the word out. Right. Because we have a lot of kids that are signed up from around the country. And actually, I was recently in Asia, and there was a kid from Malaysia that flew to where I was in Singapore with her parents and her agents because they want to send her to the camp. Like, the word has gotten way out there. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's really exciting. It's really exciting because I, I was that little kid who was dying for that outlet. And um, my parents couldn't afford to send me to camp, so I just did a ton of community theater as a kid, and that was like my version of camp. Um, and my nieces and nephews all go to like Stage Door Manor and all of those kinds of camps on the East Coast, but there's not a really great one on the West Coast, and I'd love to be the the pioneer. <laughs> and, and well, basically, well, let me ask you about that because mm-hmm. was it you did a, a VH1? It was was it? I love the. I love the eighties. I love the eighties. Yeah, I then you, were that. Less, you were you were yeah you were ripping on somebody where it was, like Celine Dion, right? Weren't I you? don't think so. I was ripping on myself a lot. I remember but you're that. But on the way people sing now, weren't you? There was something. Oh, come mm, on. Yeah, I don't but, remember. Right, so, but, but anyway, go on. Because anyway. that was all scripted, so I don't remember. Um, but a lot of these, <laughs> I mean, doesn't a lot of the way these kids are singing now, where they think they want to be Mariah or 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 Celine mm-hmm. or or Whitney, doesn't it drive you crazy the way oh, a so lot of these kids who are the who, riffing, all the ri- over oh, riffing, the, the octave yeah. overkill. I mean, yeah. doesn't that drive you nuts? Yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, like on American Idol right now, I'm a fan of the, like, I love Brooke White because she just sits at the piano and plays and sings, and she's not about, like, I want to show off vocal gymnastics. It's about telling the story, which I think is really cool. I definitely think kids have gotten away from that. I mean, we do auditions for my camp, and you'll have, like, a seven-year-old come in, and they're emulating, like, some, you know, 51-year-old soul singer, and they're like, and I'm like, you're seven, sing Annie. We've, I've literally spent like the last 48 <laughs> hours listening to every song you've recorded, getting ready for today's interview. And, the, and the thing I, no, it was great. <laughs> it was, what was so great about it was I'm listening to these tunes and, I, and, I, and I'm just, and I'm just reveling in how, how simple, how simple and, and not overproduced they were as compared to today's music where it's just, and I, you know how I hate today's music and how it's overproduced. You hate that. We're sounding old. But I no, know. I am old, but yeah, he's wicked old. <laughs> You're young. I'm old. He's wicked <laughs> old. I'm 40. But, uh, there's, I mean, you, you got to hate – I mean, there's something about yours. It was the last – you were sort of the last singer that, that was there before that, that trend began where we're going to overproduce everything. We're going to over – you know, everything has to be about dance moves. It's not about the well, writing I think, anymore. I think the next round – definitely the next wave of teen pop was that, yeah. Like, it was um, – it left off with – you know, there was me and there was Paul Abdul and Tiffany and all those acts. And then it went – and you know, Taylor Dane, who's a great singer. And then it went into – the Nirvanas and the Pearl Jams that went through that whole phase. And then when it came back around in the 90s to Britney and NSYNC and everything, Max Martin produced everything. So the right. intro of the song would start and you'd be like, is this Britney, Backstreet, or NSYNC? You didn't know the difference because it was very much the producer stamp as opposed to the artist stamp for a while until, you know, I think those artists eventually came into their own. But that first wave was definitely about the production. But and also they were getting so- songs for hire, right? You were do- you were writing a lot right. of your own stuff. All of it, yeah. Right, yeah. all of it. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. And there was no like when you were writing your own stuff, like the the record company, they honored that. They thought that was great. Well, no, I took a lot of like banging them over the head to to make them let me do my own stuff. I mean, honestly, they were like, 
let's dip one toe in the water. We'll throw only in my dreams out to the clubs. If it goes top 10 on the club charts, we'll release it to radio. If it goes top five at radio, then we'll do an album. I had a lot of like hoops to jump through and, and milestones to hit to get to the next phase of my deal. I wasn't just handed a deal. So I actually played um, three clubs a night, four nights a week for almost a year wow, to get that geez. first record off the ground. So it was actually 65 weeks from the time Only In My Dreams came out till it, till it hit the top five. How, how does that kind of songwriting come out of you at that age? I don't know how songwriting comes out at any age. It's very odd. Like, um, melodies pop into my head and I write them down. I mean, it's just... And at that age, I think you're even more unedited. Like, you just... You know, my mom used to always say, you know what? You don't have any rent to pay. You have no stresses in your life. Just create. Do your thing. You know, have fun. And so I think when you're that young, it just kind of flows. And I always thought in melodies and I always played piano and studied classically and... It's like speaking a certain language. Now, you, you seem like you were pretty mature as a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. I was and I wasn't. I want, here's what I want to ask you. Yeah. All right? So you see all the, this is the, we're in the, the this is a TMZ nation now, right? Mm-hmm. And you see all these, these, uh, these young kids doing stuff and they're all getting really wild. When you were that young, were you pretty wild? But, I mean, your, your, your public persona, I mean, were you like... No, no. See, that's what I was going to say when you there said... There were no mountains of blow anywhere at any No, I've never of... touched a drug. I've actually never been drunk in my life. Come on! I've never had a whole drink. I don't like alcohol. I don't like any of that. Never had a drink? No, no dr- Oh, my God. No. Uh-uh. Your nope. halo looks awesome. Thank you. Is it glowing? It is. It's, it <laughs> looks great. Wow, no kidding. But more importantly, see, how does my skin look? I mean, you're, you're, yeah. Did you have a spot treatment? No, no, I just clean living. You know what I mean? Like, seriously? I look like shit, yeah. don't I? I, I, look, look, I look, there's a reason that we look like we're in our deathbed, <laughs> and she doesn't. No, but I just, you know, um, that's what I was going to say. On on the business end, I was always very mature for my years. Like, I was, um, on as a professional kid, I felt very mature. I mean, when I was like 10 years old, and I was singing at the Metropolitan Opera and the Children's God. Chorus in different languages, and you could give me responsibility and I could handle it and I liked that. But on tour, when everybody else was going out clubbing, me and my dancers would go back to my room and play Pictionary. I was very much a kid. I actually so fought So were you, were you offered up. that though? If you had wanted to, was it around you everywhere? If you, you want to know what? I, I, if it was, I was so oblivious because I was so not interested that I've, I, I'm sure I was at parties where stuff was happening. I never saw anything. Like, I, when I went to play Sally Bowles and Cabaret on Broadway, I, there was a scene where Sally Bowles does cocaine, and I had to say, can someone show me how to look like I'm... Do-? And they were like, wait, you've been in the music business for how long, and you've never seen somebody do cocaine? And I said, no. They could have messed with you big time if they'd wanted what? to. <laughs> oh, they yeah. They could have shown you a completely funny way They could have, yes. But, you know, so... And I had to look like I was a smoker, and I had to, and all these things. Never and I, smoked I, either. I, no, I had to. I had to smoke herbal cigarettes in that show. That was the first time I was thirty. You get hooked or anything? Four. No. Oh God, no! I'm so protective over my voice. I'm a freak. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to smoke. Huh? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> me neither. Let me just ask you real quick: Do you have sympathy for today's teen pop stars, or do you mock them like the rest of us? Ah, little bit of both. Little bit of both. I mean, it definitely is a different world, but it also is a little ridiculous. I mean, it's like, I, I don't like that. And again, part of my thing with my camp is like, I, 
too many kids are getting the message that if you buy the right $3,000 handbag and dance on the right table in the right club, you'll have a career. Because that's what's happening, unfortunately. And like the media is rewarding that behavior and handing people what appears from the outside as a career, but it's not. And when when it falls apart, you know, man, is it going to fall apart for a right. lot of these, especially the girls? Um, yeah, I mean, I do think obviously, like, put it this way, People Magazine wasn't interested in what teenagers were doing back when I started as much as they are now. But then on the other hand, the teenagers weren't doing anything outrageous. I mean, you know, yeah, you had your like Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman, maybe going to a club or something. Big deal. But yeah, there was maybe. <laughs> but we we weren't like courting the media as much. And therefore, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. Like the media had nothing really to they had nothing. They had no reason to follow me. What were they going to follow me to a bowling alley in Long Island? You know, I mean, that was yeah. about like that was what story were they going to get? So the teenagers are handing the media stories. The media is feeding on it. And it, I think it has now spiraled out of control. Right. I got to ask, though, 20, right. it's been 20 years. Yes. Since uh, Foolish Beat came out, making mm-hmm. you the youngest person to ever write, uh, pr- produce, and perform a number one song. Mm-hmm. How wild was that? Pretty wild. That was pretty much the ultimate victory. That was like my big I told you so to a lot of people. So it felt really good. And, and um, yeah, it's been 20 years. No one's broken the record. And, again, right. I keep saying, are you come surprised? on, kids, break my record. Where are, are, you, are, you? are you surprised that it's held up that long? I am surprised because I thought maybe by now, like, um, I don't know, an Avril Lavigne or a Michelle Branch or one of these Christina girls Aguilera. who's, they write, you know. Um, would have right? She, she writes a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, she's a heck of a singer. She doesn't have to. She's an amazing. Do singer. anything but sing. And, you know who's great? and Kelly Clarkson. I saw her at a small place recently, and she can sing she's too. She's a great singer. She I mean, all phenomenal. those girls are way better singers than me. You know, way, way, way better. I. Um, but yeah, I like. I. I just. I. I get my own satisfaction out of creating my music. So. Were you surprised yeah. that that was the song that was the first to reach number one? Yeah, actually, I. I mean. Yes and no. I think I always knew ballads were the thing. I think ballads are the thing that, that ballads remain forever. They're timeless, you know. So I think that only in my dreams felt like, in a way, a bigger hit because it was around That's what I thought. for That's so what I was long. Say. It seemed like it was a bigger hit to me. But it just was such a slow progression that it didn't have that like rocket to number one thing that happened. So I was glad it was Foolish because that was the first one that I produced on my own. And, you know, so I was happy, happy it went that way. Now, in the mid 90s, when. You sort of your career sort of took a switch from from you know being the you know top ten mm-hmm. uh, singer to to more in, into the acting. I mean, how yeah. did that kind of come about? Well, I was like a Broadway kid. I was doing theater, and actually, the last Broadway show I had auditioned for was Les Mis Rob when I was fifteen, and I was right on the verge of getting the record deal. And I told the producers and the creative team at the audition, um, "You guys better snatch me up now because I'm going to be a big recording star next year." And they were like. Okay, yeah, right, kid. Cool. All right, thanks. Next. Um, and then my career took off. And, and by the third tour, I said, you know, I want to put that Lame Miss song in my concert. And everyone was like, really? Like, you're going to put a big Broadway ballad mm-hmm. in the middle of your pop, frenzy, teen, high energy? And I said, yeah, I'm going to. So I put it in the encore. And the audience, um, these kids loved it. And I thought, look, these kids have taste. That's really cool. They love this broad, b- b- big, beautiful Broadway ballad. 
And so my mom actually invited the creative team and said, you have to A, hear how she's singing these days, and B, you've got to see what she can do for your show because all these kid pop fans who never stepped foot in a theater are loving this. And so, um, you know, it was a weird timing thing that we didn't plan because I had no idea that basically radio was going to kind of, like I said earlier, switch to the whole Seattle grunge rock and there was going to be this like anti-pop thing happening. In the timing in my life, it just worked out that it was the first breath I was taking in like six years. And it was like, yeah, let's just, let me go back to this goal I had before of Broadway. And it, that, that's how it happened. Now, it, I read that, uh, that the show that you're about to start for, what, about a month in at Harrah's in Atlantic City? Yeah. You're going to combine them, right? You're going to combine the, the Broadway yeah, tunes with yeah. some of the 80s stuff? I literally like go right from all that jazz from Chicago into Shake Your Love without batting an eye. And the audience goes right with me. It's fun. Now, it's are great. you redoing stuff? Are you, um, you know, are you, have you tinkered at all with any of the old songs? Or? We're going to. I'm going into rehearsals right after this trip. Actually, I go to New York and we rehearse. So we might play with some different arrangements of some stuff. But I try to keep a lot of the original flavor because I think you know what people want to hear what they remember hearing you know shake your love the whole band claps that i can't clap that fast (laughs) i can't even you know you got to put that stuff in there that people remember as part of like the hooky things about the music too that's cool and that's at uh harris in atlantic city new jersey from uh, may 4th 4th to 24 that's great that's cool i want to see that do you think they'll pay for us to go up and uh, come on? One in a million chance. Yeah. Yeah. One in a million chance. Awesome. Speaking of one in a million, I got to ask this question. Miles. Yes. Got to ask this question because you you know you were a Miss Squeaky Clean whether whether you wanted to be or not. Mm-hmm. But in two thousand and five, mm-hmm. you did something that kind of threw people for a loop. Uh huh. You appeared in Playboy. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you appeared in Playboy? I was I've like, never heard such a thing. I was torturing you, making you get the words out. You like that? Yeah. I was like, I uh-huh, uh-huh. That Gee, was I wonder- really uncomfortable. Gee, I, I wonder. I was going to explain. That's part of why I did it because it's so fun to me. It's funny to watch. Other, it's funny for me to watch other people squirm when I was so comfortable with it. So anyway, yeah, tell us yeah. how that came about. Well, they. Ca- I mean, I got that call at eighteen, twenty-two, twenty-five, like twenty-eight, thirty. Um, I, got actually, my, I got mine at thirty-six. They called me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shut them down. I wasn't ready. <laughs> Offer wasn't good enough. <laughs> no, <I> wasn't. <laughs> no, well, they when they called in, they called in like ninety-eight or ninety-nine. At that time, I was actually playing uh, Gypsy in, in Gypsy, Gypsy Rose Lee, who was like a burlesque queen. And the timing of that was very interesting because I was suddenly on stage having to really come to terms with being at home with my sexuality. It was like a very in-your-face kind of role. And at that time, I said, you know what? I I would totally be into doing it if you do like a theatrical, stylized type thing that fits the show I'm doing now. And they were kind of like, eh, theatrical, stylized, Playboy readers, not so much. So then they came back to me in 2005 and and actually referred back to that conversation and said, yeah, you know what? Our magazine has progressed to that at this point. It is more artistic. You can do kind of a more glam stylized thing. You can like show as much or as little as you want, do whatever you want. You have total approval and freedom over everything. And and I just went, you know what? Why not? Um, Did you, know, you go full Monty in that? Did you go do the whole shebang? No, I came up with 8,000 creative ways of creating G-strings. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this necklace would make a great G-string. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I kind of, you know, as I put it, it's like boobs and booty, day on South Beach. You know, not for me, actually. Did I would, I would sooner it? do it in a photo shoot than on South Beach. That's the funny thing. Um, I did have fun doing it. 
It was fun because you talk to Hef at all. When you say get the calls of Hef, no, I actually now I go to the mansion all the time. I go for their dinner, like twenty people dinner and movie nights. Like I can just pull up to the house anytime and talk into the rock that has the speaker in it and go, "Hey, it's Deborah Gibson," and they go, "Come on in." Because you've been in in nuding their pages. Well, no, it's not. It's it's a weird thing. It's like you get invited and then they kind of decide if I think it's because I did a big sing along in his living room and so I come. It's like free entertainment, you know. I no, I go over there. It's true. It's hysterical. I was like at one of his dinner and movie nights and I was singing at his piano and he has like these old character actor friends there and people yeah, yelling Jimmy like, Conza, James Sing Conza something from Evita, you know, or whatever. So, <laughs> and I'm saying, don't cry for me, Argentina. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm in Hugh Hefner's <laughs> living room. Ba-da-da-da-da. Like it was so bizarre. Yeah. I was like, this is something. But the cool thing about it is it's... It, the parties are what you think they are, and they're not. And then the dinner and movie nights are not. Do what you, you see think people humping all. all over the place in the Playboy Mansion? No. First of all, I think I always could leave. you make up a story in which that did happen. I know. Happen? You know what was really fun? I'll tell you what the most fun thing was. I ran into Simon Cowell there, and he was like, "Debbie Gibson, you little you little minx," or whatever he said. I forgot. What are you doing here? I would never. And I was like. We all have a flip side, Simon. I just walked away, kind of winked and walked away. Uh, he was like, you know, just it was before the magazine had come out. And he was kind of like, wait a minute, because probably the last he had seen me was playing Sandy in Greece and London. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty fun. Pretty funny. Never, never some. thought that Hef and Playboy would be in my vocabulary. But that's what's cool about life. You know what? You just kind of. I, I think it's really cool. <laughs> thank you. I really, I strongly approve. Oh, good. Thank <laughs> you. I don't even know where to go from there. She, All right, mission accomplished. On. Oh, and there's, but and yet there's more about Deborah Gibson. She's also about to uh, be involved in an online reality show. Uh, yeah, it's actually been ongoing. It's called Total Pop Star. All right, and Steve gave me bad information. He said it was okay. starting in a month. No, no, no. Actually, the winners are being picked up. It's been ongoing. Um, uh, Joey Lawrence is one of the judges, and. Um, it's Joseph Lawrence now, isn't it? It's actually not. Really I like to be called Joey. Here, here's what's funny about that. I had this conversation with him, and I go, oh, you're someone. I go, did you, like me, always like to be called Joseph? And he goes, actually, no. They just misprinted that in the credits when I did this TV show. Blossom. No, it was when he did, like, uh, what did he do? Did he do, like, a Law & Order or an He was NCI- also that Nell Carter. Yeah, Give yeah, me yeah. A break, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about when he was an adult, he did a show and they put Joseph Lawrence in the credits, but he didn't even ask for that. So he was like, no, they put Joseph and then everyone assumed I changed my name and I didn't. So it was pretty funny. We've we've all had this Ricky Schroeder, yeah. Rick Schroeder. But anyway, Joey, Joey Lawrence is one of the judges and it's um, an online talent competition where basically you go to totalpopstar.com and you can upload a video and um, and basically we critique you and um, the winner gets a record deal at the end and it's like $150,000 worth of prizes. I go, where was this competition when I was starting out? Uh, you did just fine. I was a star search reject. I got to meet Ed McMahon recently and tell him I was a star search reject. I, I, wonder, like, how many, I wonder how many times people tell him that. I was I like, mean, I reject, be... I was reject, I was like, I was rejected from your show six times. Thank you very say? much. He goes, I, I, I didn't do the casting. I didn't, I go, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. I've How's been... that holding up? Ed? Ed McMahon, how's he holding up? He's holding up okay. He's getting older. You know, he's we all have a be at least one hundred and seventeen. We all have a visual now. of him as being what we remember him from Star Search, yeah. and it's it is twenty five, thirty years after that. So he's getting he's getting older. You know, the, the laughs don't come like they used to for him. No. But anyway, so yeah, total pop star. Um, it's a great thing because. You know, I've had friends go and audition for American Idol and they line up in the stadium for 18,000 hours with 8,000 people and then they don't even get through to the right judges and it's all very political and this is this is like 
the ultimate way to really have your talents be seen um, from all over the country, all over the world. We get submissions and it's a very real thing. And we're going to be in the studio with the winners in June. So it's a pretty cool project. Speaking about uh, being in the studio, have you thought of, uh, you know, more music? Yeah, I've been actually the whole end of last year. I was um, in the studio working on new stuff. And yeah, I'm at the point where I want to do like, um, you know, I was a teenager when Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do With It came out. And it was like that resurgence, that moment. And like when Cher came out with if I could turn back time, I feel like I'm re- I'm, I'm right on the verge of that moment. Um, and it's about feeling like I have the absolute perfect song that makes the statement I would want to make. Um, Did you, the self-written? Yeah. I mean, so I've been just writing and recording and letting the music shape itself. And when I feel like, okay, this is the moment and this is the song, I'll go for it. When it comes out, here's what I see. Yes. Mega eighties reunion tour. You, Tiffany, Paula Abdul, who else? Pick, pick one more person for your mega 80s. Oh, no, no, Come no, on. no. I want this. We're not doing that. This is for me. Come uh, on, just I need for this. you? <laughs> well, then I'm Spears. <laughs> Come on, Spearsy. He's good for it. Oh, God. I don't think any, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, uh, I get called to do a lot of that stuff. Like, um, and I don't do a lot of it just because, you know, I love embracing the 80s hits and embracing my past in the context of my show, but I like showing people where I've been, where I am, where I'm going, yeah. not just where I've been, because that, that would be boring. Well, we asked uh, we asked some of our fans if they had questions for you. We kind of do this to kind of drum up excitement about it, and mm-hmm. a lot of people were, were, were curious about your love life. Not that we're going to ask about it now, but... You're not anybody, uh, Constantine Maroulis. They were saying that you guys were an item, yeah, right? Yeah, no. As I like to put it with him, this is funny. You know when you hang out with someone and you go, are we just hanging out or is this a date? Like it was like that. We, But we're friends. I yeah. just spoke to him like no two lip, days ago. No I'm anything. not answering that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Steve and I just made out the nor, other day. Nor am I dating Jeff Timmons, which is reported in Star this week. Um, I actually am... I'll call it kind of sort of dating someone. Again, when you when you first start out and you're yeah. into someone, you don't know what to call it. I'm not into the labels. I don't know. But there's someone there's someone I'm into that I'm kind of in something with, and uh, it's nobody anyone would know. And so my love life is actually quite good and normal and just involves a lot of travel. But Is this somebody you met at the Playboy Mansion? No. Deborah no, Gibson. God, no. <laughs> Can we talk more about the Playboy Mansion? <laughs> anyway, no, well, nobody, this has been great. You, are fan, you have all this stuff going on, uh, Camp Electric Youth. All right, fine. I'm Hef's fourth girlfriend. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's it's, it's oh, Hugh Hefner. So there it is, man. Our epic interview with Deborah Gibson. It was great. It was so great. And you know, it's funny when you. <laughs> I just the beginning of the interview reminds me of my famous Spring, uh, Rick Springfield interview because I keep talking. I'm like getting my nervous energy out, and I just talk and talk, and it's like five minutes before Gibson pipes in. But I'm just very like it's my my foreplay. I was just yeah. reeling her in. Everybody by now probably understands the dynamic of how Sean and I do interviews. Where he he has to burn off his energy in the first five minutes, and I have to work up to asking anything. You're a little nervous. You were a little nervous yesterday. You know, but I wasn't sweating like you thought I'd be. No, you weren't. You weren't. I think all my bodily functions ceased to exist for like 45 minutes. I mean, I'm lucky I was even breathing. I'm not even sure I was. Yeah, I'm not touching that. I'm how not would, touching uh, your bodily fluids. <laughs> hey, how would you compare her to some of our other uh, interviews? Oh, as a, you know, she was pretty flirtatious. You know, there. I mean, gr- just a great loose interview. 
You know, I mean, she's so good at it, and you could tell. Remind me a little bit of uh, Martha Quinn. A lot like Martha Quinn. The Martha Quinn. You imagine if Martha Quinn were here in the studio, it would have been the same type of situation. In more ways than one. Yeah, uh, but uh, kind of remind me of that a little bit. Remind me a little bit of the Brian Johnson interview. How candid they would be, and how uh, you know familiar they seemed with us. It really seemed like a conversation more than an interview. I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. giving us too much credit, but it's pretty loose. It is loose. And I know we had a lot of questions from readers that you submitted for us to ask, and we didn't get to all of them, and I really do apologize for that because I'm sitting there staring at the questions, and, we're, and it, just, it just became a conversation more than it was an interview. And it was hard to work in, you know, what do you think about Mojo Nixon's song about you, and what do you think about, uh, uh, you know, performing with the Circle Jerks? I mean, those are good questions. I, God, I really wish I'd asked them, but, you know. Again, yeah, humble mean, apologies. If you have two days, if you're doing a magazine piece and you have two days you spend with somebody, you get to ask those. But as far as minutia, if you got 45 minutes, I mean, yeah, I wasn't. I didn't think. I didn't feel like we missed anything. Yeah. The best part, the end of the interview. I have to gloat uh, here a little here. bit. <laughs> got to gloat a little I bit. I can't believe this. This we're is walking outrageous. Out. We're walking out, and we're over by the elevators, and. Um, she extends Sean a, a her hand for a hearty hand, handshake. God damn it! Like I had just done her taxes for. Her. <laughs> and uh, so and so Sean says goodbye. I ride down the elevator with. Him. I was ready to ride down the elevator. Why she didn't you? basically no because Gibson was like she kind of I don't know she kind of gave me the handshake like this is the end of the road for you, big man. <laughs> Spears is going all the way down. She gave you the Ryan Seacrest. But she did. She kind of blocked me a little yeah. bit. So we go downstairs. We pop out. We pop out into the lobby, and what does Spearsy get? The nice warm hug. The Did she rub your hug. back or she rub scoo- your front? She scooped me up and, and <laughs> hugged me like <laughs> a little like baby. A baby. God damn it. I didn't even see that. Uh, I did see some of my colleagues, though, actually you see, run out the building and kind of follow her, and they just wanted to talk to her. I didn't, that happened? It was awesome. Oh, I, it's man. great to see a reaction like that. I mean, this is for a lot of people, she meant a lot to them, you know? Well, treasure this interview because uh, we won't have another one like this for a long time. Hey, hey, it's Reader Mailbag time. Sean Daly has his favorite email ready to read. What is it, Sean? Uh, Yeah, this is an interesting one I got today. Hi, Steve. It's me, Deborah Gibson. I was wondering if Sean Daly is single. What? He was much cuter than you. How do you feel? It stings, doesn't it? It does sting. Hugger. But you know what? In the photo, when you're paired up next to her, you look like Bob from the Insight commercials. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Trust me. Are you saying that's good? Yeah, if you... Uh, no. <laughs> what? You, you think you look better than me? What no, was wrong with are me? Are you kidding me? I look like Chet. Chet from Weird Science. <laughs> I'm not talking about Chet early in the movie. I'm talking about Chet right at the very Why end. Why did I put my hand on you? That was kind of... That was kind of freaky. I gotta tell Shut you. up. Hey, let me read the goddamn letter. It's okay. a good one. Okay, go ahead. Read this, the- from, this is from Rob in Geneva, Illinois. Hi, Steve. I really enjoy your show, and the last one you did just about topped it with the grossometer when Sean Daly told that cockroach story. I was literally slumped over in my car laughing from that story, and when I listened to it again, I had the same reaction. Anyways, I totally enjoy your bitchin' podcast, and you, d- you need to keep playing the Dead Kennedys music on the show. Jello Biafra is turning out to be quite the prognosticator when it comes to some of the lyrics in his songs or spoken word material. You should play Kinky Sex Makes the World Go Round on their Give Me Convenience album. We don't even have to win this war. We just want to cut down on some of this excess population. 
That band is so legend, but I digress. Take care, Rob, Geneva, Illinois. P.S. I've been to Cameron's house in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Excellent. My cockroach story from our spring break episode. And he's been to Cameron's house. I didn't think my cockroach story was that funny. It was creepy. It was creepy, but I'm glad glad Rob liked it. Nobody liked my Doberman story. I bet Deborah Gibson would have loved it. Yeah. I love dogs, Steve. Anyway, you can always send us emails at stuckinedies at tempa.com. Who's the, what's the Enzyme commercial? Or if it's Deborah Gibson, that's S Spears at SPTimes.com. What, what's the, who's Bob in the Enzyme commercial? Come on, it's the male enhancement pill. Is he good looking? You've never seen that male enhancement pill commercials? How can you not see this? Why do I look like that guy? I think he's, he's, probably... he's, he's handsome like Tom Selleck? Yeah. You're Don't a, even start with the Tom Selleck you're stuff. A d- What's happening, hot stuff? Aha, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moments. This makes Sean's stomach turn every week. MMM. They love it. I'm going to set this place on fire. They love it. We could do a whole podcast just called MMM. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, here was last week's Mystery Movie Clip. I was going to do your family a favor and hook up the Disney Channel for free. Well, forget it. Any guesses, Sean? Yeah, I have this on DVD. Do you really? Yep, Spies Like Us. You do not have this on DVD. I do. Yeah, you can get it for like two ninety nine at Walmart. Just give and a case that. of Little Debbie's. Do you like this movie? I love this movie. I like the test. Like the first... The first ten minutes is hilarious. Yeah, it's great. And the whole... Some of the stuff when they get like Doctor, Doctor. That, there's, some of that stuff is funny, too. Yeah. It's not a great movie. It's not great, but it's worth it probably just for the first... What do you like better? Three Amigos or Spies Like Us? Spies Like Us. I thought Three Amigos was a piece of shit. What? It's funny? Uh, I only like it when they shoot the uh, invisible <laughs> horseman. I mean, that's about it for me. And the singing bush? Yeah. Do you know who the voice of the singing bush is? No. It's Randy Newman. Nice. Yep. Nice trivia. Anyway, some of the winners this week. You want to read them off? Nope. Okay, then. Dan Vey. Magnum. Magnum? I bet I look better in shorts than that Magnum does. I doubt it. Uh, Marty Yu. Tony Ann Barry. Chad Ledoux. And Walter Cox. Coxie. Anyway, we have a new sponsor for our uh, little segments this week. So uh, before I introduce this week's clip, let me tell you about what the prize is going to be. Um, have you ever heard of sonofnostalgiazone.com? I have. I asked, they are going to donate four uh, $10 gift certificates. So the uh, winners for the next two weeks can get a $10 gift certificate to uh, sonofnostalgiazone.com. And I asked them, hey, describe your wares for us. And so they, this is what they sent. If Sean Daly made, <laughs> come on, they didn't send this. I swear this. to God, this is what they said. If Sean Daly made it with a thrift store, a garage sale, and an antique shop, it would be Son of Nostalgia Zone. Uh, you know, we offer things fun, interesting, and odd from different decades, but specializing in the '60s, '70s, and '80s. Where else would the keyword wiener result in a clockwork orange? <laughs> I don't want to know. But uh, so. Uh, we have the gift certificates and special bonus. They say um, anybody, any listener to the Stuck in 80s podcast will get a 20% discount on any purchase on that website if you use the coupon code 80s. Listen carefully. Here's this week's clip. 
Did you guys ever go to Sunday school? Any guesses, Sean? I don't have any guesses. <laughs> He's fresh out of porno titles as well. Was Deborah Gibson ever in a movie? That's a good question. I don't know. She was in a lot of musicals on God, stage. She looks so good. Grease. She looks so good. She was Sandy. Tell me about it. Why <laughs> you got a dumb look on your face? I love Sandy and Grease. Are you kidding me? Oh, Especially yeah. the final seat. Oh yeah, my god! I just pass yeah, out. when she smokes and yeah. she tastes like whiskey at the end. That's good. Tastes like where you, there's no whiskey scene in Grease. Anyway, close you, up the mystery movie <laughs> moment mailbag. Email us at stuckinies at tampabay.com and we'll let you know if you're a wiener. Aha, the mystical refrain that is Name That 80s Tune. Hey, it's the segment where we play a song from the 80s, and if you can name the artist and the song, again, we have those gift certificates for sonofnostalgiazone.com. That's awesome. That's a great gift. I am going to go, as soon as we get out of here, and check to see if Wiener results in Clockwork Orange. <laughs> I, just, I just have to know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, here was last week's clip. Sean, any guesses? I do not know. The Power of Love by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Ugh, who cares? <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> the power of love, a force from above, cleaning my soul. Hey, you love Frankie. I do love Frankie. It, it disappoints me that we cannot Spears, do say relax. Yeah, I'd love to have that shirt. Anyway, um, the only people who got this, really, for the most part, were European listeners. Because according to them, and I'm not making this up, this song still gets a lot of radio play, especially at Christmas time over there. You should move to Europe and grow a mustache. Yeah. In Europe, I had a mustache. <laughs> the sequel. Yeah. Okay, read the winners this week, smartass. They are Oliver Bardenheyer from Czech Battery Daily. Yeah, the band that does our intro now. Awesome. Brian Hall and Dennis from Germany. So two Germans. Two nice. Germans. I love it. We love Germans here on Stuck in the 80s. Yes. You should move to Germany. They you are should. fantastic. You would kill over there. You're like Jerry Lewis is in France. That's you in Germany. You think? Oh, yeah. You're big over there. <laughs> big over here. <laughs> anyway, shall we play this week's tune? Sure. Okay, here we go. Okay. Curious. Mysterious. As it should be. <laughs> it is. Any guesses? Is it a Deborah Gibson song? It is a Deborah Gibson song. All right. Well, lots of people will win this week. No, it's not a Deborah Gibson song. Anyway, if you think you know the name of the tune, email us at stuckin80s at tampabay.com because only Deborah Gibson can call you a little minx. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s, just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at TampaBay.com. So, Steve, it's been a monumental day here at Stuck in the 80s. Do you have any lasting memories of your chat with Deborah Gibson besides the hug? She get a little sugar, too? She give you a little pinch? <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you one thing, Spears. You better watch out. Because we know that you are the stud of the show, that you are the sex object. And I'm going to venture a guess, Stephen Q. Spears, that some of our female fans and some of your rabid fans did not like you flirting and falling in love with Deborah Gibson. What do you have to say about that, Spearsy, huh? You're not so cute now, are you? I mean, I just send out this vibe, and I have personally found that women do respond. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Hey, I'm the ultimate escape artist. It was a great time. 
We have some photos from the interview on the uh, blog. Don't forget, we also have a video, about a 12-minute long video of her and I talking. And then Shut up, I'm in there! You can kind of see Sean off to the side. You know what? When you uh, summon the stones, the cojones, to actually ask a friggin' question, I gotta carry the whole goddamn thing. <sighs> and Gibson, like, she, she rebuffs my advances when I say I want to get intimate. <laughs> Five minutes after getting to know her. That was a classic moment. I don't, know if, I don't know if she really heard that. Well, no, I was being true to our female fans, and I wanted them to know that, you know, in the end, that I was all about them. Sean Where sincere. you had totally forgotten about, you know, all of the, the, the women who have supported us over the years, and you were about to give yourself to Deb- Deborah Gibson. I keep it real, Spearsy. I keep it real. Well, I'm going to keep it real fast and real over. Hey, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, enjoy one more final Debbie Gibson song. In the meantime, Sean, I, and Debbie still stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by TampaBay.com, the official website of the St. Petersburg Times. Read the Stuck in the 80s blog at blogs.tempabay.com, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking. Now, heaven knows anything goes. We just got to look at each other like, it's like you go. let's hug Steve. You yeah. can rock out and then you can tap dance just cool. from one minute to the next on my iPod. That's what's weird about it. I'd like to see uh, <laughs> Deborah Gibson's iPod. <laughs>